April 12, 2023. It's a Waffle Pedro show.
Block for Pedro Show. Happy Wednesday. Started off John Coltrane with Johnny Hodges. Okay. Rabbit, right? Many years with Duke Ellington, but this was his own band. And he had a young John Coltrane with him. It was live 1954 in a mellow tone. And then Dan Montgomery with Start Again. Because of those Estonian software engineers and their SCAP invention, I got with me all the way from Memphis. Brother Dan Montgomery. Welcome aboard, Dan. Hello, Mr. Watt. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm curious about your journey through music, so let's go as far back as you can. Please bring your earliest musical memory. My earliest musical memory is one I don't have and the rest of my family has, which is that before <laughs> before I could speak, I could sing all the words and the guitar song to Soldier Boy by the Shirelles. <laughs> I remember that song. Yeah. I had I had two sisters that were 10 and 12 years older than me, so like I'd heard a lot of like doo-wop records yeah. and Asian stuff like that and all when they got married and left them behind. Yeah. Now, in the pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Uh, my brother played guitar. He was a real folky folky and still is. Uh, he had a guitar, so but I wasn't allowed to touch it. We shared a room, but he had friends that I didn't. So when he would go out to, to play with his friends, I would play his guitar. You jumped on it, right? Okay. Yeah, and we had we had two songbooks in the house. He had a a, a best of Paul a Paul Simon complete songbook, which basically had some incredibly intense chord change for every syllable. And I'm like, get with this. And then the, a Hank Williams songbook. And I was like, this I understand. And I, I took off from there. You know where those came from? Because to get a copyright in the old days, you had to have something called a lead sheet. So you'd hire yes. a piano man to like do a piano version of your tune. Richard Hell told me the best story when he tried to get one for Blank Generation. The oh, piano no. man asked him to sing for him. And he says, I can't do it. And Richard Hall asked him, why can't you? He says, because you're not singing any notes. <laughs> wow. So anyway, I don't think that was really guitar music in that book that they were asking you to do any. Yeah. Probably not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but, but I had a really intense uh, love of music from as long as I can remember, really. Um, well, and... let, me, let me ask you this. What was the first record you bought with your own money? First record I bought with my own money, it, I don't know, it, it would have been a 45, and it would have probably, it would have been something by the grassroots. I was really into the grassroots. Wow, I remember them. The, uh, I think Los Angeles cats. Sure, yeah. And then, I think, and, the, and they actually became the first band I ever saw live because. Oh, wow. Okay. They, How'd that they happen? A, they played a half hour set between two games of a Philadelphia Phillies doubleheader baseball game. And I was like <laughs> 11 or something. Okay. So it was like. My team and my favorite band. You know, band. It, it was great. Talking about the Philadelphia Eagles in the old days, I remember seeing them on TV in the field. Like, you could see the street and shit. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. I mean, I'm more of a baseball guy than yeah. a football guy. It, you know, it just takes over. We had a guy from your team, uh, uh, Richie Allen. Oh, sure. He yeah. ended up on the Dodgers. A really good hitter. Kind of a mean guy. Oh, yeah. but, but, man, what a, what a, that guy could play. Yeah. Uh, but but the Eagles was always funny because, yeah, we're the team that they started the whole thing of not serving beer after, you know, halfway through the game. <laughs> and they have, I don't know about the new stadium, but the old, the last stadium, they had a deal where there was a judge that had season tickets. And if you acted up, got drunk and acted up, they put you in a holding cell under the stadium and in between plays, the, the uh, judge comes down and sentences and sends you right downtown. <laughs> oh, man. Let me ask you about school. Were you in the marching band or the choir or shit like that? 
The, I was in um, Glee Club in, when I was in Catholic school before they kicked me out. Okay. Um, not for my singing, but, but that didn't help either. Okay, now that, that guitar stuff that you were doing kind of stealth on the sly when you broke yeah. it. Self-taught. I never took a lesson. Okay, self-taught. And so, like, did you learn off records? Like, listen to records, try to figure it out? I, I tried to. I was, you know, I started writing early because I wasn't that good at figuring other people's songs out. And I'd be like, halfway through, I'd be like, this isn't right, but it's not bad. <laughs> That's like, so I was like, I throw it away, you know. Yeah, right, 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 right. So you started writing early. That's cool. That's very happening. Yeah. Can you remember yeah, the first the, song that you wrote? Well, on a new album, uh, Cast Iron Songs and Torch Ballads, there's a song in there called Lonesome Train. And that's actually, I wrote that when I was 23. That's like 40 years old, that song now. Wow. But I never recorded it until this, this year, until I had a band that I thought was the right for it. Well, let me ask you about this. After school, but not graduate, like afternoon, do you get into the garage band, the basement band, the bedroom band? Uh, when I was 14, yeah. When I was 14, I got a, yeah, I got a, I got kicked out of Catholic school when I was nine. And what about and getting your own guitar? Yeah, and then I, <laughs> I was always around with guitar, and then I started hanging around with a band when I was 13, a local band. I started, I was their roadie, and they would go down to the Jersey Shore and play gigs down there. And for some reason, my parents would let me go away and do that. So I was picking up guitar here and there from those guys, and that band broke up. And then one of those guys started another band, and I became the rhythm guitar player in that band when I was 14. That was my first, like, actual band. How did you get your first guitar? Um, I got... How did I get that first guitar? It was it was really nice, too. It was a guild. Um, you must have got an amplifier with it, right? Yeah, I mean, I just... I had a paper route and just saved up my money. Like, we didn't okay, come okay. from any... We lived... Um, Jamaicano wasn't just a slogan; it was a way of life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Can you remember the first gig you did? What was this band called that you joined as rhythm guitar? You were Tom Fogarty. Yeah, the band was called Samuel J. Um, only because I think our it was our bass player had some dream that we were playing the Philadelphia Spectrum, which was the big arena at the time, and that was how they announced us. So that became our name. <laughs> and. Uh, my first gig, it was playing a, uh, a dance at a local, like, uh, it was like a community-sponsored dance. And we were supposed to play one set in between the DJ playing two sets. And then when we got there, it turned out the DJ only could stay for one set. So we had to fake our way through two sets. Ooh, that's so right. So I learned about jamming that night. <laughs> yes, yes. What was this band called? Samuel J. Samuel J. Okay, okay. And that's because of the announcement. See, a lot of sports in your life. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, it was huge, yeah. Now, um, now it, what kind, was it like Tom Fogarty? You know, I love, you know, Creedence, uh, uh, Keep on Chuglin', right? That's one big E7 chord. Was was it kind of stuff like that? Well, that well my dream, yeah, I mean, my dream goal was always to be the rhythm guitar player in Creedence. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, can, I can hold that down. You know? you know, he did write him one song. Yeah. Walking There's on the a, water. Uh, it's walking on the water. And b get this. You know who co covered that song? Richard, Richard Hell, Hell and the Voidoids. Yeah, on the I, first record. I think I just pulled that out recently. I was listening to that. I was like, I forgot all about that being on there. I asked Richard Hell about that. He said it was Bob Quine's idea. I was wondering about that. But it's the only it's song that Tom wrote group. because you understand Tom was the older brother. So, like, the younger brother, there's some progenitor issues going on there. Oh, it's very Shakespearean. Yeah. 
<laughs> anyway, there's a, ba a little bass solo in there too. It's on the, uh, uh, yeah, first album, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, how long does Samuel J. last for you? Samuel J. lasted about two and a half years, but there was a breakup in the middle where a couple of the guys in that band, including myself, we, we formed an ill-advised R&B band. It was like 14 pieces big with a horn section and all. <laughs> and, and we really only knew about four numbers, but our big number was, was Heat Wave. And ever, we'd run through our four numbers and somebody would yell out, did somebody play Heat Wave again? And we play that again. <laughs> and heat, heat Wave's like two minutes long, right? But that and that and that. versions. <laughs> yeah, our big numbers were that and the theme from SWAT, if you remember that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, like kind that of... That walk-on song. We come on piece by piece, yeah. Kind of Tom Scott, little alto, sax thing. All those <laughs> 70s shows, right? Beretta, yeah. on the sparrow. <laughs> Keep your eye on the, on the bone marrow. Okay, look, you, you gave me this one here. If I said it, let me play that, Dan.
sold apples to Eve. He sold ice to Quinn. He's the greatest salesman there's ever been. He plays by his own rules. He's the Duke of Deceit. If you bargain with him, you better keep every receipt. He's got lions and adders, lawyers at his command. Don't let that deal go down until it meets every demand. And when it hands you the contract, boy, you better read each line twice. Don't put your name on the bottom line until it meets your price. You've got to hold out till you get the right price. You've got to hold out till you get the right price. You've got to hold out till you get the right price. You've got to hold out till you get the right price. Well, he's a very bad man. He's the fattest cat. You know he's so staggerly, his roots, and hands. But he's hell bent for leather. You can see he don't care. Oh, he's living the low life, but he's so debonair. He's got lions and adders. Lawyer's at his command. Before the deal goes down, make sure his make sure demands. And when it hands you the contract, boy, you better read each line twice. And don't put your name on the dotted line until it meets your price. You've got to hold out till you get the right price. You've got to hold out till you get the right price. You've got to hold out. Till you get the right price, you got to hold up till you get the right price. Travel to New York City alone, not there at twilight. My car near a pier, went for a walk, almost fell in the river. Travel to New York City alone, not there at twilight. My car near a pier.
Pedro show that chunky music started with Dan Montgomery with if I said it and uh, that's right he meant it people after that brand new from midwife and Viva Melancholia Miss America brand new out of Italy Arabia Saudade with Argentina Diego Lorenzi featuring Thomas Gubbins and Nicholas Lorenzi a stupid ill sensual yeah, you always put those two kinds of words together, right? <laughs> Ted Kane, The Right Price, Mama's Prendon, brand new from them, Almost Fell in the River, Anti-Strawberry, Anti, Anti Strawberry, 
with <laughs> that's uh, Brian Day. He made me a beautiful uh, string excited for my bass because them fucking ebos. That's guitar world. That they ain't strong enough, people. The space is <laughs> wrong too. Uh, Fragaria, I guess, a version of fragrance. Uh, Magic Sword, brand new. They got a big piece, but here's one part of it called The Kindness of a Stranger. 99 letters with Mariah. And finally, Dan Montgomery, come in here. Yo. Yeah. That's a. Uh, yeah, he ain't asking people. He's telling. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So, so, so where do we pick up from the horn section and Heat Wave? Many uh, versions of Heat that Wave. That band lasted basically a summer, but. Our big goal was to play the uh, a place called the Pensacola Pool because I grew up in a town called Pensacola, New Jersey. Yeah, and and we did, and I met my first girlfriend there, so it seemed like a really successful band in that sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and by the time uh, school started, that band broke up because uh, the horn players were all in Catholic school and we were all in public school, so it was never going to work out schedule wise. Right, right. So, so we back together, so we added a keyboard player. Um, and we just, you know, we're doing what we're doing. We're mostly just playing, you know, what now everybody calls classic rock, but it was just rock that, you know, it was bad company and grand funk and things like that, you know. And there, then there used to be a lot less genre names. Yeah, it was just it was just radio. Yeah. You know? And you know, one <laughs> day I think it's gonna yeah, it's just be gonna be called music. What about that idea? <laughs> yeah, I recently a couple years ago I inherited a record collection from a friend of mine who passed away, a guy from Philadelphia named Peter Stone Brown, who's like one of the great collectors of folk music and one of the first known Dylanologists and stuff. Yeah. And it, he willed me his record collection, which was a really moving thing. But I was shocked when I went to pick it up. That, and this is like a couple thousand records. There was no genres. That's 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 heaven it, for me. Like, there was just a day. He's like, yes, it's all music. It's just alphabetical. It's all music. I'm right up that guy's alley. Yeah, man. You know, I've been waiting to hear something like that for because all these other motherfuckers, you'll you'll t talk about music and they'll start bringing out these band names and these uh, names of kind of uh, bins the in the chain store and stuff. And I'm like, no, let go of that shit. That's a marketing guy trying to make his job easier. Yeah, yeah. I always wanted to have a record store where it's just alphabetical. <laughs> yeah, like an encyclopedia, right? Just fucking that's yeah. the way the, the chips fall. So and you, you would separate the wheat from the chaff from who you wanted in your store pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Smart man, brother Dan. Now, <laughs> now, you're are you still on rhythm guitar at this point? But you you're writing tunes. Did you? Yeah, write, I'm writing did, tunes. Did you write, you want, nobody did, in my band wants to hear them. That's what I'm I'm, I'm going to ask. Is any of the material for the band? No, it's all. No, what happened at this point is I'm starting to write, but this is about 1975 or so. Yeah. All of a sudden, I hear Patti Smith and television and stuff like that. Piss fat. And I'm like, wow, what's that? Yeah. Another guy in the band gets really into, the lead guitar player gets really into fusion. And another guy gets <laughs> really, into really straight country stuff. And it was like, we just had, so we kind of, we just split it apart, you know? Yeah. Um, and punk in my neighborhood was not popular. <laughs> it was, it was. Mine was, either, yeah, mine either, believe me. I know exactly what yeah, you mean. Yeah. And it's funny because where we were is right next to a city called Camden, New Jersey. And oh, the next, fuck, I know Camden. You know what ended yeah, up in Camden? was fucking Walt Whitman. I went yeah, to his pad. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, had the Walt Whitman Poetry Center there. But so you're just 10 minutes from, like if I crossed my street, I was in Camden. 
That was at the very end of the town I lived in. And if you leave Camden, you go into New Jersey, you go into uh, Philadelphia. Across the river, yeah. yeah. And that was where I found places I could do what I wanted to do because in New Jersey, it was basically all but illegal to play original music. And in Philly, nobody wanted to hear cover bands like in the city. Okay. So I started, you know, and which also meant, you know, you start breaking away can, from a lot of your friends. You, can I ask you if you knew of a club in Philly called the East Side Club? Oh, yeah, sure. That's where that's the first pad the Minutemen played. Yeah, because I saw you guys at City Gardens, I think, twice. I know at least once. But that, I think that's Trenton. Yeah, it's Trenton. But, but that's the thing about where I grew up is if you saw a band in Philly you really liked, the next night they were going to either playing in D.C., Trenton, or New York. Everything's an hour and a half away. Yeah, I'll tell you what was <laughs> fucked up yeah. about those days, though. The interstates yeah, but, didn't really connect between the both. You'd have to get on surface streets to stay on I-95, like State Road yeah. 3 and 6 and shit like this. It yeah. Was a nightmare. <laughs> well, the thing is, when you get in New Jersey, you get lost. As long as you get on Route 9, you'll eventually end up anywhere you need to be. 9, that's it. That's it. Uh, yeah. And, anyway, anyway, I, 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 still opportunity for all the hells. It was great to go and play those places, stuff like that. But... Okay, when do you get to start playing your own material? When you get your own band? Uh, yeah, like around 20, I had a band called Small Talk that didn't do any, didn't do much, and it wasn't very good. And I had never been a front man by any means. And it was a very, yeah, I, was, I wasn't ready for it in a lot of ways, but it, it was just guys playing in a bar that nobody was paying that much attention to. So it was a good learning experience. And I was building up my songs. And... Then I took this detour when I, re- I I got introduced to Ben Vaughn by a mutual friend in a record store. And I went to see his band play, Ben Vaughn Combo, and I loved it. And he was looking for a sound man. And I was like, well, I don't know anything about running sound. He goes, you're the guy I want. <laughs> because, <laughs> well, 1985, right? Yeah. And everybody, every club sound man is putting gated reverb on every drum. Yeah, yeah, the Duran Duran. The, the original Ben Von Combo drum kit was a snare drum, a hi-hat, and a hubcap. <laughs> yes. And they would still put the gated reverb on the hubcap. It was like, so, so I was really hired to be reverb police and just turn things off. <laughs> I just grew from there, you know. Okay. So, like, okay. Because I didn't know what I was doing, and they were doing it full time you know we're you know, doing it for a living right. i kind of put a lot of my stuff aside and was just doing that for about five years and it was really great it was really fun and it, it prepared me for everything when i picked up my career in earnest it prepared me for everything i had i would have had to learn a lot a lot slower about how to survive on the road and how to do things sure by one for example so, so you you did that for about five years and so the next, it's not like a rerun of small talk, right? You're gonna, you got all this education now. You know what to do. So what do you do? Yeah, yeah. I, I had, I had a band in uh, Philly. Uh, the drummer named the band. It wasn't me. Uh, called Drugs Before Breakfast. <laughs> and, and it was a really good band. Kind of like it was very like Flaming Groovies, kind of early Stones, just kind of thing. And that was the first time it was really. 95% all my material and I was the one up front singing it and it was really good and just the, the usual stuff of you know trying to keep a band together it didn't last and it folded into a band called um, Del Pez and we put out 145 called Hope I Had a Good Time and right about the time that came out is when I started my 
I had an ill-fated move to California, which ended up with me moving to uh, Memphis because I, I met somebody along in Memphis along the way, so I went there and stayed there. I went there for a summer and stayed there, and it's been 20 years. Whoa. You okay? Sorry. <laughs> I got, the phone got knocked over, sorry. Yeah, I was waiting for I've, I've fallen, and I can't get up. <laughs> no, yeah. no, 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 I'm still good. Okay, okay. So you're saying there was a mistake in California. Well, it was wasn't it was a mistake. It was a mistake of timing, and it my move to California was turned out to be a week and a half after nine eleven. Oh shit! And while I was sure I had a job there, when I got there, it was out in the California desert, not in the city. Yeah. When I got there, they told me, "Oh, we put a hiring freeze on a week ago," and I had no work. My car died once I got out there, and I was just kind of stuck in uh, in some a friend of mine's house out in the desert. Whoa. And, yeah, I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. And that's where I wrote a lot of my first record. So my first. <laughs> so my was first it wasted? Record, that, 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 that time wasn't wasted. No, no, no. It's like, I got to do something while I'm here. I'm going to go insane. And, yeah. it, and it was funny. The only thing that I had in the house to watch, he didn't have cable or anything, was just he had a massive collection of VHS tapes of the, the TV version of The Fugitive. Oh, I so that. Yeah. I was watching that every night and just looking at the back door and getting totally paranoid that you know the the saudis are going to in, invade and the only light they're going to see in the desert is this house watching the fugitive <laughs> so it's like no i gotta turn the tv off and start start doing start doing something so i just started writing <laughs> good move good move look we're at the end of the first hour april 12 2023 dish show special guest dan montgomery hold tight for hour two April 12, 2023, it's the second hour of Watt from Pedro's show.
dich geliebt. Ich hab dich geliebt. Deine Haut ist straff und kalt. Mit meinem Messer zerschneide ich dich in Stücke. Mundgericht.
Charlie gets loaded, leans back and smiles, pictures the world in his hand. He played with Lester Young, he jammed with Miles, now he plays bass in the state prison band. Their book's pretty square, but what can you do? I mean, it's better than playing alone. Bass needs something there that it can play to, like a straight dog needs a home. And the reason he's here is there on his arm, and I don't mean that bad tattoo. One of a rose and the words lucky charm, the only love he ever knew. But no one understood him like Rose did. She looked like a woman, thought like a kid.
Wofford Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. Dan Montgomery with In for a Penny. Sounds like an Annie, people. Alexander <laughs> Hacker. I think one part's left. This big old epic he's got about this imaginary young man in Berlin. This part's called 10.5 point, and in parentheses, ice and growl variation. Then we had Mold Omanal Balmore with script lichen. Lichen's trippy. It kind of glows in the dark. It's on bark. I remember once I was in Yosemite tripping balls, seeing that shit and freaking me out. Samuel Locke Ward out of Iowa City with Where's That Doctor? And then Dan Montgomery, Waltz for Charlie. Who's Charlie? Charlie is, uh, Charlie was a guy named Charlie Leeds. He was a jazz bass player uh, in Atlantic City. He played upright bass. They used to do a lot of pickup gigs with. Um, Really famous jazz guys when they come to Atlantic City and need a bass player, he was the guy they would call. And he played with all the big people, like he like Miles and people like that and stuff, just on these pickup gigs. And a friend of mine was in a band with him, a guy who was a bit older than me, he was one of my great mentors in life. And the band they were in was the Trenton State Prison Band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, my friend was in there for 12, it was supposed to be 25 years, he got down to 12 for bank robbery. And uh, decided since he had the time, he was going to learn to play the clarinet. Sure. Liquid and state. they sat him next to Charlie and they became buddies. Wow. And Charlie had a really great book called um, Tilly's Punctured Romance. Okay. And and the, rotten, and the Love Song of Rotten John Calabrese is the name of the book. Um, kind of like, like early or kind of late period, like beat poetry kind of stuff. Okay. And this cat that you said was your mentor, what's his name? His name is Joe Gribben, and uh, I have an album that came out a couple of years ago called Smoke and Mirrors, and that's really a concept album about our friendship. Oh, wow. Because, because he was my mentor, but he started out as my meth dealer when I was... <laughs> and and yeah, yeah, you never know who your, who your mentors are going to be. You know, he was, and he was a guy that like was like, had been, had made every mistake he was going to show me not to make, and yeah. it really worked out in my favor. By being a living example. Yes, yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow, what a trip. That shows to go, you people. A farmer would tell you, if you want a good crop, use a lot of manure. Well, you know, um, Joe Gribben, uh, a really good example. One of his sayings, one day I finally asked him after knowing him for about a year or two, I finally got the nerve up. I said, what made you rob a bank? And he just looked at me and said, if you want a donut, you go to a bakery. I want money. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so some of these tunes are like true stories. Oh yeah, a lot, luckily a lot of them aren't my true story. But yeah, because I'm going to ask you about this next one. It's called Crack Home. Well, crack Home. Yeah, luckily not. Let, let's play it first, and then you can bring you can enlighten the listeners. <laughs>
crack house. It's a crack home. Another hit They just see a fun thing
Show that chunky music. Starve with Dan Montgomery doing crack coke. Gonna yeah. get enlightened to the. But that's that's why I'm likely sing along at gigs. People really like. Yeah. Okay, okay we'll get into it. Bulk after that with feather in your cap. David first with something live. This is hands number three, four, five, and six. Four parts here, people. And finally, there's a. I, I see a. 
I sense a chemical thread winding through this. But Dan Montgomery <laughs> with Fino Barbie doll. Let's <laughs> stay right about what you know. <laughs> As opposed to the truth serum, Fino Barbie doll. Well, well, it's funny. On, on the new album, on the Cast Iron Songs album, uh, there's, uh, it's the first time I've ever read a love song where there's no like get out flaws in the last verse or anything. A <laughs> drummer's wife, she was like, Oh my God, you're love songs. And they're not mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, enlighten us to Crack House. Crack House. Well, crack crack what, what happened was, and this is a good example of like, I, I never really rush writing a song. If I, a good idea can brew for a while. It was the second, so it was 20 years ago. It was the second day I was living here in Memphis. And I was walking around downtown. I think it might have been on Beale or South Main or something like that. And this very messed up guy is just, just walking by me. And he's barely standing upright. And he has a white T-shirt on and just scrawled on it with a Sharpie. It says, it's not a crack house. It's a crack home. <laughs> get it, get it and I just together. really right. broke it down. Yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll need that someday. You know? And... And it was, and it was obvious like, that it would be a funny song because of that title. And then, if you listen to the song, it's actually very dark. Yes, yes. <laughs> From a kid's perspective, of watching all that. Sure. And uh, I, I did a solo version of it recently at a gig, and a friend of mine who's heard me do it with the band a million times is like, "I never realized how dark that was until I just heard it that way." He's like, "Jesus." So yeah. So have you noticed the other that about thing too? Is at the end, you know, as you. At the end, there's, if you notice, there's that kind of chant at the end where uh, where somebody's, there's these people going, you know, it's a fact. Nobody wants to know you when you yeah. live like that. And that's two seven-year-old kids. Did you know him? Yeah, it was uh, Robert Mache. It was it was his kid, and our, our guitar player, producer. It was his kids and one of their friends. And it was actually one of the kids' idea. They said, they were trying to explain us what a mashup was because that was like a new thing then. Yeah. They're saying like, well, if you put one part of one song with another... And, and she's like, well, if you put the, this part of this song at the end of Crack Home, that would be a mashup. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. And it had this kind of Children of the Corn vibe to it. So we just went with it. Whoa. Yeah, trippy. So have, have you done that a bunch where you do the same song, but instead of with the band, Man Alone, and it just has another whole vibe, right? Yeah, I mean, I try... I. On my first couple records were are almost all where I'm just playing acoustic guitar. Right, yeah, there's right. bands on, but I'm always always playing acoustic guitar because I didn't have a steady band at the time, or even if I had to tour, I couldn't afford to have a band. So I wanted to make sure so everything could be stripped down and be just playing on acoustic guitar. And okay. it figured to me, it's like yeah, then you always have a song. Otherwise, you have a riff. Now riffs really good too, but yeah. you want to have a, a song that can stand up on its own. So it was it was practical consideration. Yes, totally. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And, and what about Phenol Barbadol? Phenol Barbadol is really funny because when we were we were making the Smoke and Mirrors album a couple years ago, and it was really intense work, and it was a real passion project of mine that I'd worked on for the writing for a long time, and it was very we we're very deep in the in the weeds with it. And I wrote Phenol Barbadol, and it had nothing to do with the, this concept that we were doing, but I was like one day I was like, let's just do this just to blow this the dust off us, and it came out really great. And it sounds like just you know very T Rex kind of thing. Yeah. I have a friend named Palmyra Del Ran, who is a musician from Jersey. She's based in New York for a long time. She had a band called The Frigs that were really, really big on the East Coast. Yeah. And she's she's a DJ on the uh, Underground Garage uh, channel. And they have con they have always turned down my music. Either Underground Garage station said it was too too country, and the other their country station they have was say it was too rock. So I I sent Fino Barbie doll to Palmyra just. 
because she's the world's biggest T-Rex fan. I thought she'd get a kick out of it. She's like, oh, no, they're playing this. Wow. <laughs> and, okay. and it just, it was just, in a, like I said, in the middle of this very heavy record, we put out this really fun thing and it really took off. Great, great. It was just, it was like, yeah, with no expectations, it really it did the trick. So that might be a lesson there, too. Yeah, there, there, yeah, there must, might be a lesson in that. Just let the freak flag fly and let it carry where it goes. And that's that's how my writing ended up being on the new record, kind of because it, because it's a lot of time constraints with personal things with between the pandemic and some stuff here at home. Um, I really didn't have any time to sit and write, right? Like I would normally try to. Yeah. But I kind of trusted myself to just you know play. Just I come up with a chord change or a rip or something. I just kind of free associate and all of a sudden I just have this notebook full of lines and I just start moving them around. Oh, that'll work there. That'll work there. So I'm really liking that way of writing rather than trying to really, you know, get in, you know, blood into every line. Sure. Sure. And do, for the rest of the guys, do you make demos? Uh, just my, um, usually just my guitar and vocal on a phone because I have really good players. Like I'm really lucky that people have, so, so it's not like you have to write their like parts for them. You, you just show them what you're going to play, and then they find out on their own what yeah, they're going to accompany yeah. you with. Okay. And, you know, some some bands you luck out that way, and some bands you got to really give a roadmap to people. You oh, know? yeah. No, totally. I know what you mean. I'm, yeah. There's all and, kinds of people that have different ways that way. Yeah. And I'm really lucky in that um, my lead guitar player and, and co-producer is a guy named Robert Mache, and he used to play with... I don't know if Steve Wynn from the Dream Syndicate. Yeah, I know Steve. When Steve first went solo, his first two solo records, Robert was the lead guitar player in that band. Okay. And I and I used to go see them because I was a huge Steve Wynn fan. Yeah. And I always put Robert in like my top three guitar players I've ever seen live. And I don't know how many years later, I'm working at a coffee shop in Memphis and he just walks in, him and his wife, because they washed up there after Katrina because his wife was from there. And a couple couple of months later, we started playing together. And, like, you know, he just, he's just an amazing player. And he's just an amazing engineer and, like, mixer and stuff. It's just like. Oh, you won the lotto. Yeah, oh, I totally <laughs> did. I, you know, I feel guilty because I feel like I actually got something positive out of Katrina. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Look, so I always feel like I you need to get I got to stop out. us here because we're at the end of the second hour. April 12, 2023, edition of Peter's so special guest, Dan Montgomery. Hold tight for hour three. April 12, 2023, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Show started the third hour off with Dan Montgomery with Lonesome Train. Adele Mead after that was Spolu Agriculture How to Keep Cool 19 minutes and 40 seconds. Is that a band name? Sucker Tort Electrocarpa, no, Capra Goat, right? Electric Goat La Stata Tutto Leano. Adam Trumbo with Sunflower. Finally, Dan Montgomery with Straight. Now, what's Straight doing with a tune like, you know, Barbie Doll and Crack Home? Well, if you listen to the last <laughs> verse, like I said, there's always a get-out clause in my last verse. <laughs> and because it's the best one I knew that was in rehab, you yeah. know, quarter in rehab. And, they, you know, they just were waiting it out, you know, and because the last line is, you know, 
I can't wait till I'm not straight. <laughs> because, it's funny because that somebody, I don't know, somebody that liked that song and misinterpreted it, um, sent it to somebody and I got sent an invitation to a gig called Soberfest. And I was like, <laughs> I am not high, man. <laughs> and Robert actually played it years ago. He goes, oh, it's a horrible gig. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Look, you were talking about notebooks. Is that is that part of your songwriting thing? Do you collect yes. lyrics? Because some dudes I know they write on demand. They won't write until they have to. But you you like write whenever you want to, and then you have like kind of a trove that you go to. Yeah, my I always the way I put it is my my writing room is more like a chop shop than a writing room. It's like there's just notebooks everywhere. I don't throw anything away. So if I get really stymied in something, I will pull out a notebook just randomly and see. If, anything triggers something else. And I'll be like, that's a terrible song, but that one line is good. Let's build something from there, you know? Right. And then it ends up in another piece, right? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Right. One part at a time. Johnny Cash has a song where this guy work ready, stealing shit to put together a car. Oh, one piece yeah. At a time. Yeah. One piece. <laughs> ADAP kit. Right. There's actually a video for that. If is there a video for it? Okay. It really it is. But so much they used to play the Johnny Cash shows every time they do that song. Too. Okay. Because, you, you know, it's a good kind of life philosophy thing. Where, where did you do this album? Uh, we, done, we did this album as we've done the last three here in Memphis. Uh, our drummer, James Cunningham, he has this little um, um, back house that he's, uh, was our rehearsal space. He's turned into a really nice studio over the last few Every about the last five or eight years, and uh, it's really small, but we get really good sound there. And but it's funny because we don't like to record with headphones on or anything like that. Yeah. So Robert, because it's so small and everything bleeds in, his his amp is in the bathroom, right? <laughs> so he's slightly here because the door is slightly cracked open. But when we're recording, I never hear what he's playing until we hear the playback. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing! I had no idea. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, you mean as you recorded this, you did a song at a time, so you didn't, like, practice the whole dealio? Like, uh, no, this record we really didn't because, like I said, between the pandemic and everybody's scheduling craziness, yeah. there was a, a health issue here at home um, that took up a lot of my time. That record was made, the new record was made, all the basic tracks were done in four two-hour sessions. Wow. Yeah, so like, you guys I think did do practice. Song. You did do practice at a time. Okay, we just we just yeah. I send him I send him a demo of the song, and we get in there and we do it for two hours. And we do try to do two songs a shot. Okay, and but like the song, I think we might have played it earlier. In for a penny. Yeah, that is. We got done. I think we had nine songs done, and and we had just had a little extra time. And somebody said, "Do you have anything else?" And I didn't, except for I had a chorus. So I was just like. All right, Bo Diddley and F Sharp, and that's completely live. <laughs> other than the, the the background vocals and the maracas are the only thing that is not live on the floor of the second take. You know, live first take song that I heard that was done in Memphis. It was uh, Mick Ronson talking about Gene Genie. I think it art it. Really? That's the first fucking. It's not even a run through, right? That's it. Wow. <laughs> David, he said Dave Bowie asked him for something like a, a Killing Floor, a Howlin' Wolf thing or something. So he yeah, just came yeah, up yeah, with it's it. Also, 
very similar to I'm a man, the Arbor's version. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but that's and you know you came up playing that already, so it was probably, a, yeah, probably an easy first take for him. <laughs> Mick Ronson, quite a, you know, not a lot of notes, but man, he had a lot of the good ones. Yeah, they only got to be the right ones. Yeah. yeah. I'll take one good note over 100. Yeah, they're just taking up space. Man, a lot of people are playing lead guitar like that with a lot of notes these days. Oh, I don't know how many people I've told, like, man, you're not getting paid by the note. Just relax. <laughs> Just relax. Take your time. You know what? That's what I like about the bass because physics, pun you do that on the bass, you get smaller and smaller, man. You try to play too many notes. Very true, yes. Yeah, yeah. Look, you got this tune. Gotta go. I want to play it. Cool.
Watt from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Start to chunk off with Dan Montgomery doing Gotta Go, then Plus Dog Plus with Thankers. Alex Paxton after that with Lollipop to Lollipop. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you can't copyright a song title, people. <laughs> now you know why. <laughs> Dan Montgomery finally, Rock Hard. I thought that was a good one to go out on. Rock yeah, Hard. Yeah. Fuck yeah, especially for less younger guys. That's a great motto. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, you get done with a record. Are you th- already thinking of the next? I know it's like all this work to get a record done, but a lot of times you get, you're ready to go on the next one. Are you feeling like that now, Dan? I, I wasn't until about a week ago when I'm starting to write again. Okay. So, 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 yeah, I'm right. Like, it's like I'm trying to book some shows for this June tour. That we, that we've got some things hanging out, and I should be doing that. It's like, I want to finish that song. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, when does this baby come out? June? The record? Yeah. The new album came, it's already out now. Came out okay, it's out now. But uh, so yes. you're doing shows to celebrate it, right? Yep. Doing a uh, Memphis, we're doing a record show on May 14th, and then we're doing New York on June 9th at the Parkside Lounge, and in Philadelphia at a place called 118 North on the 11th. And then we're trying to fill in some more around there. Yeah, I was going to say any gigs in between because that's kind of a right. hike. <laughs> it's tough out there. Booking is not is harder. Than it used to be. Oh, yeah. Because I, I, I wasn't that. doing anything the last couple of years because everything nothing was going on. You know? Yeah, right, 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 right. And uh, what what about internet? Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, DanMontgomeryMusic.com. Got that, uh, people? D-A-N-M-O-N-T-G-O-M-E-R-Y-M-U-S-I-C.com. Correct. And then, you know, Facebook, just Dan Montgomery. Uh, there's a Dan Montgomery Music page on there. Instagram is under Fantastic Yes, which can, is my record Can I ask be. you something? This might be totally insane, but there was a guitar man with your same family name out of Indiana named Wes Montgomery. I wish. <laughs> you know, no pick, right? Uh, Using his finger, his index finger. There, there was a rumor in my family that we were related to Elizabeth Montgomery, which, but I don't think Actress. that's true. Okay, the act- but, but the first time I was in Hollywood, we had a night off, and I was touring with the Benbow and Combo, and we got one of these maps of the stars, and it was trash night, so we trash-picked Elizabeth Montgomery's house. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> that's, that's the closest I have a celebrity relative is that. And, well, who's that friend of Liz Taylor? Oh, that's Montgomery Cliff. Yeah, yeah. Wrong name. Wrong name. Definitely not related, but yeah. <laughs> big, big fan, but not related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vulnerable man. V- vulnerable. Yes, vulnerable yes. cat. Yeah, yeah. So and and so you're already writing songs and stuff. So 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 what a notion hits you and you that's gotta be made into a song. Is it like that? It, I tr- I want it to be. Yeah, you know, t- life doesn't always allow that to be. You know, but <laughs> I, I'm one of those people like I like you know, and I used to, yeah, you know, I used to be a kind of person who went out more. Like if like I'm kind of a freak magnet, so if there's 200 people in a bar, the craziest person is going to come up and tell me their crazy, <laughs> story, and I figure that's that's fair game, you know. Sure, sure. So I don't get out enough as much as I used to to get those things. So now I'm always like, basically, my life is really, you know, if I leave the house, it's eavesdropping and daydreaming you know i want to i want to go in a diner hear a couple about to break up and then leave before it finishes so i can decide how it ends <laughs> yeah and what about guitars what are you rocking these days uh, i am rocking these days a 1959 dan electro convertible whoa yeah i i got it during during the lockdown i found it online at that place pyramid guitars or sure. subway guitar subway guitars in san francisco Yep, and um, it's it was 
you know, it's definitely not like, you know, a vintage, you know, perfect piece from its day, but it's a great guitar. And then I have this new thing, uh, Robert Mache, my co-producer and I have been building out of old parts of, it used to be a coral firefly that had the wrong neck on it. So we, we put this thing together. I really liked, we've been calling it the Franken, the Frankenfly. Whoa. Corals, yeah, they were kind of a. It's really, it was, it was just about done. It's pretty happening. They're, they're, I remember the coral bases; they were pretty happening. Uh, oh yeah. Anyway, when you get this new album written, recorded, will you come back on the show? We could play it, and you talk about it. I guarantee it if you'll have me. Uh, if, uh, the invite's right there, brother Dan. Please. Man, it's been a ball. Thank you so much. Okay. We keep on keeping on. Dig that. Rock on. Rock okay, on. people. Been April 12, 2023 edition. Why, Pedro, you keep your. Pie- Water dry.